0: This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. Continuing my series of podcasts with candidates for the City Council here in Fishers. I have with me John Delucia, Republican candidate for Fisher City Council of the North Central District. John served two terms on the Hamilton Southeastern School Board, served as president several years within that founder, one of the founders of the Local 50 Club, which supports injured police and firefighters and their families. So, John, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Larry.
0: You've been on a podcast before in your other capacities. So it's, it's good to have you back.
1: Yeah, thanks. Good, great to be here.
0: And I'm also welcoming Mike Fossil, retired teacher at Fishers Junior High School, who had several We the People teams at uh, Fishers Junior High win national championships. So, Mike, welcome back. Well, thank you. We are... Here to talk about the election, about your candidacy uh, for uh, the city council, Uh, you are a banker by trade uh, and have worked with a lot of local dot profits. I just mentioned a little of your your background there. Uh, So with all that in mind, what motivated you to run for city council this time around?
1: Yeah, well, thank you, Larry. It's a great question. And, you know, if I refer to Mike I have to call him Mr. Fosseld. No, so <laughs> full disclosure, twenty-two years ago, and my oldest son had him in seventh grade. And
0: it doesn't matter whether you were his student or the parent of a student. Yeah. He's always Mr. Fosseld. Yes. <laughs> and that's so weird to me.
1: And that's respect. But anyway, so the reason I'm running, quite honestly, I I come up with it's the next best opportunity for me to serve my adopted hometown. And the community that I love, you know, and my mother um, was always volunteering, very, very active. I was the baby. So I got dragged along to PTO meetings and all sorts of bond issues in Ohio. And such and so just been a part of my life. And I uh, was delighted to be on the school board, proud of that service. I enjoy the not-for-profit things. Um, but when I got off the school board, I thought, oh, you know, what's next? Um, I'm not getting any younger, but I still have a lot of energy and just, frankly, just really seem like the next best opportunity to serve.
0: Oh, I will ask you about this. Mike will have a question about the school referendum later, but I have a question related to that because you, Andrew, Democratic opponent, posed for a picture together to support the referendum. How did that come about?
1: Well, 100%. Now, there's another picture that I don't think Crystal shared, but I will share. And I mean, she would be fine with it. Um we've met um you know we've had breakfast and 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 frankly the way we view this is we're both applying for a job. You know we both love fishers we both want to serve fishers we have you know different backgrounds. Um but yeah so like if you're applying for a job in the private sector you don't find out who else applied and you know what I mean do those kind of things. So I'm not running to to oust Crystal by any means. I'm running to serve, and I feel like I've got a pretty unique background in this community that's going to enable me to serve it very, very well. But, yeah, very. so basically we're both at the event. It's like, hey, let's grab a picture and have a little fun with it because, to me, that's the biggest item on the ballot this November. And I, frankly, if supporting the referendum would make me lose – I would much rather lose uh, and the referendum win as far as what's best for the community. I mean, I think I'm going to be pretty good, but one of nine versus $26 million is is, is not even close.
0: And next question for Mike Fossil. You know, Johnny, we've known each other
2: a long time, but one of the things that we share, we're both prior military. And this is not a huge military community here. Uh, and I want you to think back to what – you joined the military. What did you get from that that you still find yourself applying today mm-hmm. into your, the service part of you and the business mm-hmm. part of you? But what are the lessons that you think that have mm-hmm. kind of transferred over time? You know, that's
1: such a good question. Thanks. And, and fr- frankly, this might surprise you, but to me, the biggest lesson that I received that I think some younger generations would really benefit from was being in a situation where you had absolutely no say whatsoever in what was gonna happen. And no one was asking for your opinion. And you do what you're told, you follow orders. Now, again, they have to be lawful orders, but I remember in boot camp, uh, and the company commander made it very clear: it's like, look, guys. The U.S. Navy's been at this for hundreds of years. You are not going to think of anything to avoid doing what you have to do. So the best way is just to do it, right? Do the work. Do what you're told do it quickly, respectfully. And that has really served me well. Now, I, I like to share my opinion. There's opportunities where I can, but sometimes it's just not the right place, you know, and they don't need my two cents. And then that's really probably the the biggest thing, just that discipline to recognize when you need to just do what you're being told to do, asked to do, and, and not comment.
0: You know, as a former school board member, you are Obviously aware of the cooperation between uh, the city officials and the HSC schools, in many areas snow removal is one. Some of the grounds work uh, the city staff will do. The uh, Splitting up of the cost for school resource officers, mm-hmm. and there's a proposal in the new budget for both to uh, to increase that. So that's, and for those who don't know, school resource officers are uniformed mm-hmm. police officers in the school buildings. This goes all the way back to the days when Fishers was a town. It's been mm-hmm. ongoing. Would you support continuing this arrangement, which has saved HSC schools a great deal of money over the years?
1: Oh, oh, a hundred percent. And I would go so far. As to say, if there is a better model of a municipality and a school corporation collaborating, win-win. It is win-win. It's not all just benefiting the schools and it's all not just benefiting the town or city. But it is win-win. I think it's the best model I can imagine. And yes, and I am very supportive and always have been, I mean, for all the right reasons. So, you know, Mike Reuter played a huge role in that. Uh, the mayor played a huge role. In that even when he was the the town manager, um, you know, John Weingart was on the board, and and so really, the, well, frankly, on some of those things, they've got the people and the stuff. I mean, they can maximize their use of it, right, and do it less expensive for the schools. So that's a nice thing. Is it is win win, and I fully support it, and and always open to finding other other ways to do it. It's the same it's serving the same people too.
2: Yeah, John, it's interesting when you. I mean, you've had so many you know, kind of profile jobs. You have a high-stress day job. You've been on school boards. You've been on committees. You've done that. And in, through that, that, I always find that people that are successful like that, they have kind of a matrix that they run decisions through. Mm-hmm. It's like when something comes to me, I'm going to go through this thought mm-hmm. prospe- prospect before I say yes or no. Uh, if, you're, if you're elected onto the city council, well, what's your matrix going to look like? What's that process yeah. for when so many proposals come to you for something that you would support or something you wouldn't support?
1: Sure. No, that's a great question. I wish – I just – I'm not a member of Rotary, but I visited Rotary a couple weeks ago, and they have a great process for that. I can't remember exactly what it is, so I don't want to misquote it, but it would be similar. You know, in the city council world – my sole focus is going to be what is best for the city of Fishers period, right? Not John DeLucia, you know, not a political party, not this. And to me, that's critical. And it was the same on the school board. And also being very mindful of, is this our duty or responsibility or not? Because sometimes on the school board, you could get into things that, Maybe weren't the duty and responsibility of the school board, and we did a nice job, kind of checking that, um, and it was very powerful. So I think, you know, is it the right thing? Is it really our thing? And is and is it what's best for right the schools, the city, the people? And I and I really feel very good about that because. Uh, now my boss doesn't like it when I call it the day job, but yeah, I, I have a, a I love what I do for Citizen State Bank. Uh, you know my family, so so again I'm 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 looking to do what's best for Fishers, and I don't have huge John DeLucia aspirations.
0: That was an unpaid plug, by the way. <laughs> uh, fishers today, I, I talk about this. You know, I moved here in 1991. All three of us have lived here a long time, but. This is a much more diverse community than when I moved here in 1991. As a community and a city, how is Fishers dealing with the realities of a much more diverse population?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's it's very much a work in progress, Larry. I will tell you, tremendous progress has been made, um, and we still have a ways to go. But yeah, as so, we moved here in 1993. Um, and it was not diverse. I mean, at, uh, by any way, shape, or or form. Now, that wasn't malicious, right? There weren't, like, restrictions or things. So it's changed a lot. I've seen some of those growing pains. Um, one thing I've been involved with, I didn't start it, but uh, the Youth Mentoring Initiative, I think, is wonderful. And, and I remember at that time, Seeing it at Fishers High School where my kids went, just some real issues there with, let's just say, newcomers versus old timers, you know, and maybe a sense of entitlement, you know, from the old timers, which just not the way it works. And I think, uh, you know, working with everyone is critical. Mr. Fossil and I had some real candid um redistricting conversations where those type of things raise their heads so again i would say tremendous progress has been made um i do know that we have a ways to go but i'm very confident that we're going to continue to to do that and I, I and i love it i think it's i mean knocking on doors in 2023 is a really really interesting experience um and, and a lot of uh, diverse people, different cultures, varying levels of English. I mean, so I got the Google Translate. I've done a little bit of Hungarian. Um, even Arabic, even though I know some Arabic, uh, I needed some help with it. And, uh, and that's a lot of fun, just, just to meet people that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise.
0: I must say, I've rarely seen a former school board member even utter the word redistricting, but you did. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, it is funny when you... I watch, you know, your social media, and you're you are pounding the pavement. You are walking your district yeah. and talking to people. Yeah. Uh, going further than what you just said, what have you learned about the from the people in the district? What are their concerns as far as that as it applies to you? That maybe you reinforces something, or maybe is something you had not thought about. Yeah.
1: No, that's a great question, and and it's really amazing because how else do you get that perspective? Right? I mean, you couldn't just do it because you're curious, you know. I mean, so it gives you that that window. I mean, by and large, people are pretty darn happy in Fishers, Indiana. Um, not everyone, um, and, and some people are a little brief, a little short. Um, you know, traffic comes up, um, you know, things like that, some concerns about the growth, um, you know, some kind of harken back to the fishers that the three of us moved into. Um, so I haven't had any real surprises. Well, although, um, you know, this trash discussion, that <laughs> has come up uh, quite a few times, even before it came up, you know, I think at a city council meeting, you know, just just things like that. But I mean, by and large, you know, public safety, I talk a lot about that. I'm very passionate about that. And I think most people feel very comfortable you know, with our
0: public safety and the mental health. Well, since you mentioned trash, uh, David Giffel was the one who proposed the city explore a contract with one trash collection company with the goal of saving residents money. He points to Carmel and some other nearby communities that do have such contract and at least have up to now saved money uh, for for people living there. So uh, having heard this uh, now – Going door to door and now having been raised publicly to council meeting, uh, what's your view on this?
1: Yeah, it's evolving. What I have not done and need to is really dig into the downside because I know there is one and I know there's a reason that it was widely rejected before. I will tell you from the conversations I've had and quite frankly, my own personal experience, I think there could be a lot of advantages to that. Um, You know, now it's down to two and, like, the neighborhood Facebook page is always like, I'm getting charged this, I'm getting charged that, and you call and you do this. A lot of that, you know, is is probably unnecessary. Now, I would not want to ruin a neighborhood's good deal, right, if the broad one is worse. And I would be real reluctant, like, for the city to do it. You know, I, I prefer – yeah, you know, kind of small government and not overstepping, but I'd be very open to considering that. But really, would need to understand why wouldn't we? I might mean, think some of the things are some neighborhoods have really worked a thing, so maybe they're exempt. But I'm open to it for sure.
2: You know, just going to throw in the plug. So one of you got here in '91, you got here in '93, I got here in '92. We got it kind of covered, right? Yeah. But one of the things that always sticks. Out to me is the unincorporated areas of Fishers. Yeah. And I ask the question all the time because it bothers me that down Promise Road, right. you that kids that are walking from Sedona Woods or Anderson Hall, if they're walking down the Fishers High School, yeah. they're going to be on the road or they're going to be walking right. in a non-sidewalk area. Uh, and if I had my druthers, I would love to see contiguous sidewalks throughout places like that, 136th Street. Yeah. Allisonville down 126th Street, where I used to live down in Sunblest. And I just, I, I'm interested to know what you think about that idea of, you know, somehow being able to run continuous sidewalks down kind of like major well worn roads that we have. Yeah, no, that's
1: a great question. And, and I am very interested in working on that because you, you're talking about the North Central District. Mm-hmm. I have a good friend who lives in Anderson Hall and when I was thinking about running and I talked to him that's the first thing he brought up he said hey we you know we're frustrated that you know we don't have that accessibility and it's the unincorporated appears right. to be the issue now I don't have a perfect answer however I know in the budget more trails more connectivity mm-hmm. I do think there's broad support for it. I don't know exactly how do we do it. I don't want to tell you I do, but I'm definitely in support of it. And I think it's important. Uh, my wife and I just got bikes. Right. <laughs> so just like riding a bike, we'll see. Uh, but no, I think it's that's a really important quality of life issue, safety issue, and even a practical issue. So I, I'm very interested in increasing that for sure.
0: John, on your campaign website, you have the following statement, and I quote, I will assist with the continued growth of attracting big companies while ensuring a great business ecosystem for small-to-medium-sized businesses. And I'll close the quote there. Now, there are a number of national news stories out there now describing a new approach that uh, corporations are taking when they look to locate in a particular area or city – they're demanding more incentives from local governments now. How do you believe Fishers, Fishers as a city, should deal with this trend?
1: Yeah, no. The uh, now, do you want me to talk about the quote from JohnPDelucia.com first, or they or just answer? You the may question. answer any way you wish.
0: You're the <laughs> candidate. They,
1: uh, no, so uh, no, it's a good point, and, and I didn't mean to imply I'm opposed to landing large companies. Just I work in small to medium sized businesses. I just don't want them to get forgotten. As far as incentives, I'm very open to that. Um, you know, but we're a very attractive place. We don't have a whole lot of room left. So I think we need to be very disciplined and selective. And I think we have been. Um, I have a lot of confidence. I just went through the Hamilton County Leadership Academy. Um, and it was pretty cool. On we had a day about these things, and Megan Baumgartner uh, was kind of one of the facilitators, and and worked with our group. So it's a fascinating topic. Again, I think we need to be selective, right? so we don't have to do desperate things um, to win business, but we do need to be attractive. So I think if it's a good enough opportunity, like I think the you know the Stevanato, I think the Andretti Motorsports, those are not just because I'm Italian, but I mean, those are <laughs> those are worth fighting for, you know, but I think we just need to be disciplined and selective. But I'm, I'm very open to to making it happen.
0: I'm looking forward to the restaurant at Andretti, by the way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> John, Lee, just jumping back to the uh, referendum for a second, um, you know, Hamilton Southeastern is an odd school district. It's a township school district. It's not a Fisher City mm-hmm. school district. But I think the city of Fishers has linked itself pretty heavily with the school district. Can you talk about a little bit of kind of like how both the city and both the school district working together is a positive thing for the residents here?
1: Yeah, well, and we talked about a little bit of that earlier, but it just, it's amazing because it's shared resources, you're serving a lot of the same people, um, and you get a lot of you know, kind of more bang for the buck, frankly, right? So, like on the the maintenance thing, the school resource officers may be, to me, the the best example there because it is Fisher's police, but the school's not having to have their own police force, and it just that collaboration is is powerful and really serves. Right, whether I'm a if I'm a resident and a parent or just a resident it just serves you in both ways. And as far as the referendum goes, you know the the I'm going to try not to get into the minutia, but the state of Indiana is not saying, hey, Fishers, here's the perfect amount to run the exact schools that your community wants and needs. So the burden right on the trustees, right? the school board trustees is to, provide the education for the children in the community that the community wants. And unfortunately, the amount that is funded is just nowhere near enough. Um, and that's what – and the they, law is that we have to do the referendum. Uh, and they sunset every seven years. And I think that's what's very, very confusing. I won't get into the 09 kind of issue where before the cuts – you know, so when I came on the school board in 2010, one of my I had two big ahas. Number one was, man, we're broke; mm-hmm. we, we don't have any money. And number two, wow, this central office is very, very lean and work incredibly hard. And that's a big misnomer that that the schools are flush with cash and that these uh, central office people are. You know, fat cats sitting around. I mean, it's 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 tough, and I think uh, I, I like that they're reducing it a little bit. You know, I think they're going to take a hard look at expenses, and you always have to, you always have to. Um, but it's it's critical to pass, and I think that collaboration probably would need to be even more if it weren't for things that the city helps with. Yeah,
0: great. Let me move to another issue. The city recently conducted a study on housing. Uh, and both owning and renting a home in Fishers has become very expensive. You know, I, I heard somebody in the planning and zoning department years ago saying that the the yardstick is, can a police officer, firefighter, teacher, other civil servants afford to live in the community in which they work? That's becoming much more difficult the way this market has has morphed. So having... Look, I've looked at that study. It's very long. It's like I don't know, eighty, hundred pages if you read the whole thing. But with that in mind, what role should the city play in the increased availability and cost of housing in Fishers?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question, Larry, and that's a really, really tough topic. You know, as you know, I'm in banking, and we do residential mortgages, and we do commercial loans. Um, we're a big supporter of, of HAND, right, Hamilton Area Neighborhood Development. We actually financed the land there off of Cumberland Road for that project, which I think is wonderful. I don't have all the answers, but I have a lot of knowledge and experience to try to evaluate what are possible solutions. So I don't think the city can just fix it. You know, there's no magic wand. Again, like I talked about oh, there's only so much land left. And it's very expensive to develop land in 2023, and there's a lot of infrastructure. So even the the baked-in costs of just a house is just not what it was 30 years ago. Um, but I'm very interested in trying to find solutions, find creative solutions. You know, I know the mayor, you know, has worked on things with developers as well. But it, it's it's something we need to always be mindful of to to include as many folks as we can.
0: So,
2: John, when you get on the council, what are – do you have like this checklist of things that you want to concentrate on, like you know, your big three things that you'd like to see get done?
1: Yeah, I, I don't have uh, – um, and it's like when I went on the school where a lot of people asked, like I don't have like one burning issue that I'm running to do this, that or the other um, – but if I had to pick one thing, again, quality of life really is number one, public safety, including mental health, being fiscally responsible. But really, the other thing I talk about a lot at the door that's not on the pamphlet is just trying to maybe dial down some of the tone and tenor of things. And and really, the rallying cry is, is Fishers, Indiana is better than this. We don't have to follow the lead of the national stuff um and what concerns me is people being isolated right in a heavily populated area how do we get them out you know and you know some of these doors you knock on you wonder boy when was the last time somebody knocked on this door do neighbors know neighbors so really the one thing i want to always look for ways to engage people include people Uh, the city had this club day a month or two ago It was phenomenal. I mean, I was out there for the 50 Club. Rotary was there. The American Legion was there. I mean, it was just a beautiful day. And I I think that's one thing I really want to help with is how do we – we've got a lot of things for kids, which is wonderful. You know, what about as we get a little older, you know, know, middle-aged, older adults, just so people feel welcome, people feel engaged. And I think a lot of the mental health struggles are because of – isolation, lack of engagement. How, how, do, we, how do we do them? An Operation Fruit Tree may be part of it. Have I shared Operation Fruit Tree with you?
0: Well, can you briefly do that? Probably not. Okay. Um, Standard and Poor has recently downgraded the debt rating from for the city, from AAA, which had I think it had been since 2016, down to AA plus, the next notch down, largely due to all the construction projects. We're building a new city hall, art center, a block uh, from this library where we are recording this event center has been, uh, is under construction. The uh, community center will break ground soon. And, of course, the city did buy the sewer utility. So that does mm-hmm. take financing to do that. So with this downgrade of the debt rating, the mayor says it. Had, this was expected with all of this considered. But what is your view?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great point. And, and those things are important, but they have their place. Right? So I've been in lending – Almost all of my career, so credit scores are kind of analogous to these ratings, and I frankly I think people overemphasize credit scores, and some people are scared to death to do anything because their credit score. But if you buy a new house and you buy a new car and you do something else, your credit score is going to go down. That does not mean don't buy the house and don't buy the car, you know. But if you do it responsibly, so any of these credit reports and ratings, they like consistency, smooth, don't rock the boat, right? So activity, oh, wait a minute, what's going on? What's this going to do? You know, so I I think it's a natural thing. I'm not concerned about it. Um, I am concerned about ratings, but that drop I don't think is going to be a big deal at all.
2: You know, John, I've known you for a long time, and one of the things that always has stood out for me with you is that you're, you have this commitment to service. Uh, and you talked a little bit about how your mom drugged you mm-hmm. into these service opportunities. But that only talks about the beginning of your life. But you've continued that since you've been in Fishers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is – where is the motivation or where is the um, get on the service that you provide?
1: You know, that's a great question. I mean, a lot of love. I think love would be the theme. You know, I love my family, so I coached my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you meet so many people. Then I'm on the baseball board, you know, and uh, which was interesting. Uh, (laughs) You know, and then you do other coaching, and then you get to the schools and you get involved. You know, I did like the two high school thing. But, but again, I love my family. I love the community. I think – we have to serve our communities because we can't count on the city or the town at the time, or you know, so we have to do it. And I think that's one of the reasons our schools do so well is because we have so many really, really engaged parents. And you hear stories about Meet the Teacher Night and the student conferences. I mean, I'm sure we still have tremendous attendance, and a lot of school corporations don't have that. So, yeah, I mean. I know we're not to talk about love too much but yeah that's it and then uh I don't know that there's a year a calendar year I've lived in Fishers I haven't yeah either coached or been on the board and then was on the Academy of Finance board when Josh was in high school and that kind of led the path to the school board and I think that's where the city council just kind of on that continuum I wasn't a particularly good coach, <laughs> so so if I was a great coach, I'd probably go coach, right? But I wasn't. But they needed coaches, and my kids were playing. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for that. But yeah, it's just I love Fishers, and and I, and I and I love people, and uh, I think it's important that people do it. One quick sidebar on the referendum: so in Ohio, it was bonds, and I remember I was probably kindergarten. And my mother was working on the bond issue, right? So, like, I would have spelled it, you know, B-O-N-D-I-S-H-U, <laughs> the bond issue. And it wasn't until probably the first referendum I got involved that oh, it was mm-hmm. a bond
0: issue. I just but, called uh, it something different. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, John, uh, we're about out of time. So, <clears throat> if you would do for me just a minute or two, why should voters in the North Central District vote for John Delucia? Or as their city council representative.
1: Yeah. I'm going to take a risk and try to get a little bit of the fruit tree thing in. It's I know it's my time's limit. I limited. gave you one chance I already. know, and <laughs> I blew it. So basically, I have one of the most prolific pear trees on the planet in my backyard. I don't take care of it. We don't use it very well. I wonder how many fruit trees are out there like that, some of them probably with elderly shut-ins. So maybe we get students to help with the trees. The food goes to the food pantry. The shut-ins get company. Um, anyway, it, it's it's that's a pre-COVID idea, uh, post-Postable. But, but I think people should vote for John DeLucia for city council because, frankly, I, I've served the community for a long time. I'm interested in doing what is best for Fishers and all of our residents. And I'm going to be a rational person. Um, and there's other rational people, not implying that there aren't. So I don't have all the answers. But I think I have a good filter and a good amount of business experience and life experience to help us navigate how do we you know, decide which businesses to pursue? How do we decide what to do with this precious little land? What could we do you know, on affordable housing and things like that and still keep you know, taxes in check, uh, keep the mission in check? Um, and, and just continue to thrive as, as, yeah, my favorite place on the planet.
0: John DeLucia is candidate, Republican candidate for the North Central District, the seat on the Fisher City Council. Mike Fossil, thank you uh, for joining me. And uh, John DeLucia, thanks for accepting the invitation and being on our podcast. Yeah,
1: Thank you so All much. Right. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Larry.